0: Welcome to another episode of the Splitting Hairs Podcast, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. In this special feature episode, Kyle sits down with Dan Steenkamer, Hero Sports Correspondent for Delaware, and they discuss round two of the FCS playoffs. Splitting Hairs Podcasts are all presented by Drake's Place, Cottonwood Coffee, and are also sponsored by Dakota Iron Equipment, Shenanigans Pub, and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. Here's your host, Kyle. Welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast. I'm Kyle Sheehan. Today, um, I've got Dan Steen Kamer of Hero Sports, who covers the CAA, the Colonial Athletics Association, um, and then the Delaware Blue Hens specifically. Dan,
1: thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. It's good to be back for a second straight postseason. This was fun last year around. Of course, I guess that was another Battle of the Blue opponent for Mm -hmm. SDSU, so they got both sides of that rivalry in the playoffs year to year.
0: Yes, sir. Indeed, it was good. For those of you who don't know, Dan was on the podcast back for the spring season in which we faced Delaware. Um, you know, that was uh, a game I thought was going to be far more competitive. Obviously, we'll deep dive into that and some of the ins and outs and what made that game uh, turn out the way it did. And then we'll forecast kind of what's to be expected, at least from the Blue Hens side of the ball on Saturday. But first, uh, be remiss if I didn't shout out our sponsors, Cottonwood Coffee and Drake's Place. Um can't thank you guys enough for continuing to ride with us here at the Splitting Hairs Podcast, um, presented by Jack Rabbit Illustrated. Um, we we love all the work you guys do. I don't know if any of you guys saw the Small Business Saturday stuff going on for Cottonwood. Tried to shout them out and, and, and drive that that volume um, of business for them because they do so much for the local community. Same thing with Drake's Place out in Bodle, South Dakota. I'm sure Robert Drake is cooking up some uh, some nice themed eats and drinks and stuff like that for uh, the jackrabbit faithful as we gear up for the second season here uh, in the playoffs and uh, for those of you who are looking for gifts um, for family coffee is a safe bet Uh, coffee wine and uh, liquor tends to be a big bet this time of year for my adult family members and uh, why not dabble in some cottonwood so you know go to their website you can get a uh, 10% off on all orders of $10 or more by entering code JI22. That's JI22. Um, and then obviously I uh, want to shout out Robert Drake again in Drake's place in Bottle, South Dakota. So if you're coming from that direction for the playoff game, because we need to fill the Dana on Saturday for both squads and who have got really good classes here, uh, really good senior classes will be a last opportunity t- to see one of them. So you might as well, get your rear end into the Dana Stadium, Dana Dykhouse Stadium. So Dan, with all that being said, what's your take, what's your feel on how the game's going to play out uh, this upcoming Saturday?
1: I would I would say it's a loaded question, but when I look at these teams on paper, I, I do think the strengths of each side favor South Dakota State pretty heavily. I think South Dakota State, it, I guess you know you could view it as a stereotype, somebody who covers the East Coast a lot. I look at the Missouri Valley, but I'm not exaggerating when I say the offensive and defensive lines, you know, those, the size of those sides of the line of scrimmage for the North Dakota state, the South Dakota state specifically this week and the other, you know, year to year, really strong Valley teams. Those are lines that CA schools, you know, they face in their better CA competition, but it's not the same level of size from the Midwest and the physicality that is displayed by, by those recruits. And so I think Delaware is going to, as much as it enjoys passing the ball and Ryan Carty wants to throw the ball around the yard, I'm sure we'll touch on that in his philosophy I think South Dakota State might be forcing Delaware into throwing situations even earlier than it would like. Uh, it, it might put Delaware out of schedule, behind schedule, uh, trailing Delaware is a team that can come back quickly because it, its offense is rejuvenated. It can move the ball down the field, uh, but it struggles in short yardage and red zone situations. It's really been poor on fourth down, uh, despite Coach Curry's aggressive tendencies, it hasn't been an efficient fourth down team. So all of these are, make it a situation which Delaware has to keep it close for as long as possible. I, I really think there's almost an FBS game mentality for UD as it goes into this number one seed game.
0: Yeah, and we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on the FBS mentality that served them well as they went into the Naval Academy and got the dub um, over there. But now that's a completely different style of play, very different scheme. A lot of teams, uh, you know, flip a coin on on how well they're going to be able to defend the triple option, the discipline, stay-at-home football. Um, And I think that some teams – just scheme those well and it plays their advantage. And as you know, Dan, like this is all about matchups, football is all a, a game of matchups. You may have a team that's uh, far superior than another on paper, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if there's certain elements of the roster that favor one side uh, and tilt the competitive scales way far in another direction. And, and you know, uh, I obviously our fan base and listener base for the South Dakota State Athletics and, and the Jacks are not a stranger to seeing really good offensive line play. Now, that being said, we had some yips throughout the course of this season. We've been able to find our stride. Um, three weeks not playing any ball, though, you know, that there, there is a question mark there. What will the rust look like? You know, w- what will our timing look like? Will we be disjointed? Um, we'll be able to find that rhythm in quick enough fashion to be able to keep the Blue Hens off schedule um, from a, a defensive perspective. Now, for the fans for the fans listening, just want to touch on this real quick and let you just riff on it. Uh, so Coach Cardi is a former Blue Hen himself, um, and he just took over the reins this year as a first-year head coach with last Saturday's win. He is now the – is he the only coach in in Blue Hen history to have an eight-win
1: season in his first year? In his first season, yep, that's right. He's the winningest, winningest first-year head coach in, in Delaware history. And an FBS win right off
0: the rip. So this is a squad that can play and was maybe trying to figure some things out. I'd love for you to shed some light on their on their four losses this year and and kind of what led to that and attributed to that. But for those who don't know, Coach Cardi is coming from Sam Houston State, uh, which we have intimate knowledge of, unfortunately, and wound up on the short end of the stick in the spring national title game. So he does know how to scheme the Jackrabbit defense. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Is he an X factor coming into this game?
1: Well, Ryan, Ryan Cardi, I'd have to say he is an X factor coming into the game. And I guess any head coach can be a factor, right? But I think Cardi is an X factor in more ways than one. I guess it's a semi on the field. His handling of officials has been aggressive, just like his play calling. He's as a first year head coach, you know, you're always observing coaches in their first season, seeing how they'll approach game management, management with the officials. And in the case of Ryan Cardi, he has been, uh, not shy about uh, voicing his displeasure, maybe standing up for his guys, no matter how you want to spin that. uh He's gotten in officials' ears. It, it cost him 15 yards at Elon in a game that really got away from Delaware. So with the emotions being so high in another round of the playoffs, advancing to the second round in December. I mean, Delaware's last semifinal run was in the spring season. So of course that was early, early summer months playing semifinal ball or later postseason ball. And now Delaware's first December game since 2010. Being played this Saturday, so emotions high for an alum like Coach Cardi, but he'll have to keep things under control as much as he wants his team to channel his own enthusiasm. He can't put, he can't cost Delaware yards on Saturday if Delaware hopes to, like I said, hang around, make it a game into the fourth quarter, because or even into the second half. Because really, I I just think physically, there's a chance to wear the, to have this game wear down Delaware even in the third quarter. So Ryan Cardi will have to be cautious. Uh, and how he approaches uh, his game management with the, with, the, with the officials. But in terms of his approach, how he's gotten Delaware to this point, he is a well-regarded offensive mind. He has rejuvenated the Delaware offense that, oh, I want to say, always had Nolan Henderson. Uh, Nolan Henderson's probably a name folks will remember out at South Dakota State. He's uh, a veteran at quarterback for Delaware by now, 60-year player, 24 years old, a graduate student who's, I'm sure he's racking up the, the degrees by now, <laughs> or he will this winter. Uh, he has even an extra year of eligibility after this one. I'm speculating, again, I say speculating because I haven't spoken with Nolan himself or people close to him too much yet, but I anticipate, my personal opinion is I don't necessarily expect him to use his remaining eligibility with one more year, so this could be his last ride as a blue hen and for, for for Nolan Henderson, and Coach Cardi has been extremely beneficial. And Cardi and Henderson have talked about the synergy they have. A current quarterback being coached by a former quarterback, uh, Ryan Cardi calls the plays, and it seems like he and Nolan are really on the same page. Uh, Nolan's worked through injuries this season, and I, we said that every season in South Dakota State. We'll recall Nolan was banged up and ultimately couldn't make it through that semifinal game, and, and not just because of the way the score was lopsided. I mean, it was a season in the spring even that Henderson had some dings and dangs pile up on him, but – Ryan Cardi is a pass first offense. He's not apologetic about passing the ball first. He does have a stable of four running backs. So it's, it's really by committee. It's a platoon running back approach for the Blue Hens where no one running back really dominates in the carry share. Maybe there are two who are used more in, on first and second down, and then there's a, more of a short yardage back in Corey Sproul and another in Quincy Watson. But a big picture is a Delaware offense that likes to, to distribute the ball. Jordan Townsend's a key slot receiver. I mean, Delaware's talent at the skill positions fits what Ryan Cardi wants to do. But its offense is completely handicapped by the fact that, despite the over 400 yards a game, UD averages, it really has a hard time between the opponent's 40 yard line and the opponent's 25 yard line. So even once Delaware gets in the red zone, that's its own category where the hands have been inefficient. But really, in opponent territory, as the field condenses, Delaware's preference for deeper routes, deeper passing routes, the field is just is, there isn't enough room for the guys to yeah. hit their heads on the goalpost, to, to use that cliche. And and I I think from where I sit, Coach Carty could benefit from. Even taking what the defense gives him a bit, you know, quicker passes that get the ball out of Nolan's hands, especially against a really strong defensive line. It's going to be able after be able to get after a Delaware front that allows a little, little over two sacks a game. So I would expect South Dakota State to probably get double that number of sacks on Saturday. Only, the only way Delaware can avoid that is if there are some more quick passes to Townsend in the slot, uh, Brett Buckman out wide, Thyrick Pitts is another big receiver for Delaware. But I guess that's a, the best summary I could offer in, in one feel is Delaware's offense, it, it will move the ball. It's moved the ball really all season long regardless of the opponent. But where Delaware struggled is yards haven't always turned into points.
0: Yeah. No, it's understandable. When you have that, that style of play, and as Cardi is still trying to get his guys in, to that program you're going to see growing pains right and so um part of that comes with being a guy who is very creative and and a former quarterback so what a quarterback's like to do they don't love to hand the ball off as much as they like to throw the ball so that would be a contributing factor to why they're they're putting up 270 plus yards per game through the air now What happens is coming from a guy who has roots at Purdue University, same struggles, right? Mm -hmm. When you get into the red zone, the field shrinks and you don't run the ball. Well, you know, and you're putting the ball up 40, 50 times a game through the air. That does not lend itself to quality play, at least in the red zone, unless you're getting big chunk plays and explosive play touchdowns, which hopefully uh, don't happen uh, for the Jacks on Saturday. But certainly the Blue Hens want to try to manufacture some of those of their own. Now, I think you make a great point, uh, great overview of the skill players and some of the talent. The Jacks fan base will certainly be aware of Nolan Henderson because um, not knowing a ton about him going into the spring matchup, he did have a lot of mobility. He was very slippery. Um, for better or worse, he did get dinged up when his ankle, and you hate to see that because you want to beat everyone at their strength. He did come back into the game if, if memory serves and it just wasn't working out for for the Blue Hens on that day. Now, that was under head coach Danny Rocco, different schemes, different approaches. Um, Danny Rocco's uh, son, if I'm not mistaken, was the OC for Western Illinois, though, under their previous head coach, and he had some things going uh, against that Jackrabbit defense that I'm sure, um, albeit a completely different talent makeup on the Western Illinois Leatherneck team versus the Blue Hens and versus the Jacks, so... Although they move the ball, it's, it's a completely different story now. But if you look at the way you're going to attack a team that has such a quality pass rush like South Dakota State, the more things change, the more they stay the same, they're just going to try to get the ball out quickly. It's no it's no surprise to me. What I think Cardi will try to do is get the ball out quickly on the perimeter, stress the defensive backs uh, to play up, to try to support in the, the quick pass game and or you know, the outside run game, I think they're going to try to get the edge and and try to use the space of the field against the Jacks. Uh, Similar to the concept of the run and shoot, although it's not the run and shoot, which just leverages the space of the field against the defenders and tries to beat people to those spaces. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Now, we got a wizard on our defensive side of the ball as well, um, who's had a heck of a year Coach Rogers, the heir apparent, uh, that many of us will know in blue and yellow, our blue and yellow, not the highlighter color yellow, but um yeah. just a subtle jab there, Dan. But yeah, so Coach Rogers is a bit stride. of a highlighter yellow, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, you know, Coach Rogers is hitting his stride. So um it'll be interesting to see. Uh talk a little bit about the Delaware defense. You know, we know the Jacks have a great D. We know uh we know that Cardi's gonna be coming at them trying to attack in all different ways in a variety of looks. What about the Delaware
1: defense? What do we need to be aware of? You touched on Coach Rocco, and one, I think one of Ryan Carty's best moves in succeeding Rocco was retaining Rocco's defensive coordinator, and that is Manny Rojas. And, and Coach Rojas, I, I think, and the the impression I get from talking with players is, especially on the defensive side of the ball, Coach Rojas uh, being held over with the coaching staff change is a big part of what uh, kept Johnny Buchanan and, and Noah Plack a key all-American level players, I would say, for Delaware's defense right here at home in Newark. Uh, Manny Rojas employs an odd front. It's it's an odd spacing up front, three men uh, down on the defensive line, and it's as many as five defensive backs a majority of the time. Now, Delaware fans have been speculating maybe there needs to be a bit of an adjustment to that when you consider South Dakota State has a pretty strong running game led by Isaiah Davis, and, and Delaware might have to have a little, a few more bodies in the box, but it, it's linebackers. Johnny Buchanan, I touched on, uh, Drew Nichols, uh, Liam Trainer. They're all ex- excellent run fitters behind Archie's Hemingway, who lines up in the nose of that defensive line. So these are a number of all-conference names I'm, I'm naming for Delaware, but they haven't. Uh, it, it all goes back to they haven't gone up against a front like South Dakota State, and I'm sure it's just you'd expect me to say something different, but I think that's the whole story here. Is uh, Delaware fans. Uh, Del- even even if I, I, would, I would speculate within the Delaware program, there has to be some concern about how are we going to apply pressure to Mark Gronowski? And so as talented as Delaware secondary is and as strong as its cornerbacks, Justice Henley and Monte Struthers are another two all conference level pair of players. As much as Delaware thinks it can maybe cover uh, the Yankee brothers even, uh, I I think Isaiah Davis could be in position for for a good day because Delaware's strong suit hasn't necessarily been stopping the run. Uh, They've struggled to stop the run on a pair of drives against Morgan State even at home this year. Uh, Elon's Jalen Hampton absolutely blew by Delaware for, I want to say, over 130 yards. And I was down there for that one, and it it really stuck with me that Delaware's defense in the second half just – you want to talk about being worn down? I mean, I would throw on it if I, you, I'm sure you watch a lot of video, Kyle. I'll have to tell you this, but the Elon at Delaware second half game tape, the way Jalen Hampton ran that ball. That's that's what South Dakota State, I think, is envisioning uh, for the later stages of this game on Saturday. So Delaware's run defense is very gettable. And even even its pass defense, uh, big breakdowns late in games against Richmond and Villanova uh, cost Delaware in those tight losses that ended the regular season and put into question whether Delaware would even make the field to begin with. So uh, I I think this Delaware defense, while it ranks really highly in total defense, uh, top five in the FCS, top five passing defense in the FCS, all these are well-earned statistics for Delaware. When you look at the video from more recent weeks, taking out the St. Francis win, which no disrespect to St. Francis, but Delaware kind of jumped on him early in that one and maybe uh, took SFU out of its game. Uh, I would say Delaware has put some things on tape that South Dakota State uh, would like. But even having acknowledged that, Manny Rojas, uh, Delaware has to be thrilled to have him uh, still on board this season. The way he's coached his guys, he, I think he should be in the mix for coordinator of the year, uh, quite honestly.
0: He should be in the mix for coordinator of the year. That's, yeah, that's, that's strong. Cause I, I think coach Rogers would be that having run the Dakota gauntlet. I mean, certainly yeah. coach Rojas has done some huge things as well. Oh, I Don't said wait. in the mix,
1: Well, it'll be decided on Saturday. <laughs> I think. Yeah, there yeah. we go. It will yeah.
0: be decided on Saturday, the best place to sort out these matters. And you know, the interesting thing about that St. Francis game, not to disparage them in any way, shape or form, because you know, they had a heck of a season as well. But okay. when you're looking at the way that game unfolded, very similar to the spring matchup against South Dakota state where we got a good three and out early did the Jack rabbits. And then from there, you know, Delaware's doing some things out on the perimeter or trying to move the ball. And then the wheels kind of fell off in the red zone again, uh, actually Uh, Caleb Sanders, big play forcing a fumble. There was a recovery. um, And then, and then the wheels just kind of came off razzle dazzle play with, you know, Mark Gronowski catching a, a touchdown pass. Um, you know, Isaiah Davis not even really getting off in that game. Now, granted, he was a freshman and, and still kind of emerging, trying to find his legs, so to speak. And now he's an absolute freight train. So, I mean, he's no secret to anyone. If you watch the national title game, if you watch what he did against Colorado State, if you watch what he did in the playoffs last year. I mean, I think he had like 700-some rush yards in the playoffs alone against Foe and host Villanova. So, um, you know, he's no stranger to contact. He's no stranger to wearing down defenses. One thing we do need to keep an eye on, though, is is really, is there anyone, which is, is partially a rhetorical question, is there anyone who can match up with Tucker Kraft on that side of the ball?
1: Tucker Kraft, I look at Zach Hines, too, but I know Kraft <laughs> has been an even bigger name NFL-wise, and, and he certainly – his, his, his game back to health is a big deal, I'm sure, for SDSU. I think of, when you think of a tight end, I guess you would think of in space, you know, linebackers are over the middle of the field. Johnny Buchanan is Delaware's Buck Buchanan Award finalist. Uh, Johnny Buchanan hoping to make it the Johnny Buchanan Award, yeah. and not the Buck Buchanan Award. I, I'd say Buchanan, although when you look a little more closely at the makeup of Delaware's roster at linebacker, Drew Nichols, I'd say, is a little more of that outside linebacker type. He's pretty rangy. He gets his hands on the ball. He's been known for his pass breakups and, and forced fumbles this season. I'd, I'd almost say Drew Nichols will draw a little bit of that assignment over the middle, but then... I'm sure as South Dakota State is comfortable flexing uh, Kraft, however, however far across the field they like, and so that could even put Kendrick Whitehead and Noah Plack, the two uh, two safeties, maybe even more Plack because he's that hybrid. Ryan Cardi said he's more of that hybrid, ranging into linebacker territory out of a safety spot. So I'd say the combination of Noah Plack and Drew Nichols will be tasked uh, possibly with with Kraft, which is which is no no small feat, but that that's no news to your listeners.
0: Certainly. And I mean, can't can't forget Zach Hines, his length alone and just his reliability um, through the run game, the pass game, but also finding him in key moments, uh, whether it be UNI, the first game of the year in the spring season, whether it be the time that Kraft was out, the dude just plays ball and keeps uh, chopping wood, carrying water. So we love to see that from our perspective. Now, uh, Delaware is no slouch to having top NFL talent of their own, having a, a, a member of the secondary a few years back, if I'm not mistaken, being drafted as well, right? Nasir, Nasir correct? Nasir yeah. Adderley, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we should not take that secondary lightly. This is going to be an epic matchup. I really like – I mean, I, I was under the impression personally from all the tape I watched in the spring – that delaware was going to be the more physical team um and and i don't know if south Dakota state even listens i mean i know some of the guys listen to this i know the families and fan base listens to this that's more of our draw and and fcs fans nations uh fans across across the us kind of check in with this pod but um my impression was that delaware was going to be the more physical team i think sdsu maybe took that as a slight because they probably heard the echoes of that And then we saw what happened uh, in the run game. And now you mentioned the sacks and things like that. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, you know, what they're able to do to step up and raise their level of play. Uh, The Blue Hens offensive line. um, I do know that uh, from a from a defensive perspective, I would imagine Rojas will hit us with uh, some odd and even fronts. Or do you guys run a typical 4-3 like historically?
1: Uh, yeah. As I, I think I, it was a three, if I said it correctly, it was a three, five, like I, I say three, five, and then the, the linebacker count could be, you know, three, three, five, I guess is what it amounts to you see five DBs a ton of the time. And oftentimes it's three down linemen.
0: Yeah. That three, three, five and the four, two, five, are becoming more and more um, uh, broadly used throughout football in general. Uh, just because as you see the passing games evolve more, you kind of need more of that defensive back body and like, just for those listening, if if this is kind of sailing over your head, you know, nickel packages are five, uh, you know, five defensive backs or some type of linebacker DB body hybrid. Um, dime is six, ironically. Um, so these four two five, four four down defensive linemen, two at the next level, linebackers and five defensive backs lends itself to being able to nullify any type of passing attack, but also run more exotic blitz packages, which can help attack uh, a heavy run offensive as well. So it'll be interesting to see. And I, I think more so than their physicality, the amount of ball played by South Dakota state really lends itself to sound communication. Uh, I don't know if you, you caught this, Dan, but uh, Garrett Greenfield and Mason McCormick are coming back to refine their game even more. So yep. that's for another season. So, but we got unfinished business their level of communication due to all the ball played so far is only upping the play of the rest of the pieces on that unit. And uh, you know, I think that could be something that um, with Nolan Henderson, I, we, we shouldn't scoff at that either, the amount of football he's played, uh, to be able to see situations, not be overwhelmed by the moment. It's going to be interesting. So what uh, I know you, you're on a tight window here. What do you think are, are some of the key matchups to watch briefly? And what do you think the players of the game might be?
1: Yeah, I'm just running it down quickly, I, I should have mentioned probably earlier, and I'll squeeze it in here, Delaware's kicking game, uh, a trio of young kickers. I, I expect two to travel, uh, two kickers to travel for Delaware. Uh, Brandon Ratcliffe has the hot hand or the hot leg, I should say. He he converted a pair of kicks at, at Villanova um, from field goal range, and th- those are two of Delaware's four field goals made all season long. So I talk about the red zone struggles. Uh, Ryan Carty, a lot of times when he's hoping to drive his offense deeper into opponent territory. He's calling plays with the end zone in mind, and it, it turns into four down territory a lot in that no man's land that it becomes for Delaware, where past 30 yards, there isn't a lot of confidence in, in Delaware's kicking game, just with the roster it has at kicker. Ryan Coe was on the squad. I believe he's on the squad for that spring semifinal. He transferred to Cincinnati, and so there's a bit of a vacuum at kicker for Delaware. So I'd say Delaware special teams, even on kickoffs, it's shorter kickoffs more times than not. Field position becomes a factor. So I'd say Delaware special teams versus South Dakota State in general is an area where you would probably give SDSU an edge. Offensive, defensive lines, I give the edge South Dakota state in both categories, but if Delaware's offense, the, the play calling of Ryan Carty, that's the biggest singular coaching style approach difference as compared to that game in the, in the spring semifinals or uh, Ryan Carty, this is where, this is where he would make his money as, as, as the head coach of his all matters If he can be creative enough to keep a South Dakota state defense guessing, which is, it, it's not easy to do because you said it, you said it best. They've seen so much football and they saw a Ryan Carty offense in in the, in the form of Sam Houston. And so the, there's the print there, the blueprints there. Uh, so certainly Delaware in more ways than one has, has a huge task in the cold coldest game. Delaware will have played for many of those guys in the, in their careers.
0: Certainly. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on uh, what Hunter dustman has been able to do. Cause uh, you know, and Stig has ultimate confidence in him. I mean, he'll run, he'll yep. roll him out there when it's, you know, 50 plus pretty consistently. And now the leg strength is there. Now the accuracy and the fine tuning of the whole snap hold and the whole operation um, early in the year was something we needed to iron out, but now the Jacks were able to do that and really haven't had any miscues on that front. Knock on wood. Speaking uh, of miscues, again,
1: <laughs> our friends listening, in. I just,
0: uh, I just riled up the pups. Sorry about that. <laughs> for those, uh, for those, you know, instances where we had some yips early in the year, we seem to have ironed those out uh with the whole operation mainly it was allowing leakage through um but in terms of whenever we get in range i think the jacks are gonna be comfortable if if they have to settle for three um and not you know be too over aggressive at home uh with the advantage we should be we should talk lightly quickly about the weather um it's gonna be frigid we like to joke um in in brookings about it being the tundra Um, and being a balmy 23 degrees or something Mm -hmm. like that out there, but, um, you know, that'll be, that'll be aware on, on Delaware. I mean, just the fact that the Jacks had to travel, you know, all over the U S last year was tough. Um, but the confines are going to be familiar. So if nothing less, they'll, they'll have some familiarity, but playing that in that game in the spring versus playing that in December, (laughs) you know, those are worlds apart,
1: literally. (laughs) It's very, very true. I mean, in Delaware has also had, had a mild fall home schedule in terms of very fortunate with the weather, a lot of sunny days, 50s, 60s. So uh, this is, this is going to feel like a lot, a lot, a lot, a way under 20 degrees, I think for you, Dave.
0: Definitely. And then going back to special teams, Hunter Dustman has been great in in the kicking game and the punning game, uh, kicking being kickoffs uh, strategically. Uh, you, you know, that could be a point of emphasis specifically from Delaware, uh, you know, something that might tilt them more to wanting to go for it as well is kicking to Jaden Yankee is, 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 is tough. You know, he's an all-conference uh, return specialist as well as an all-conference uh, receiver. So, you know, those twins, it's a double-headed monster, literally.
1: Delaware's kick coverage hasn't been hasn't been the greatest this season either. I mean, the hang time hasn't been excellent from the kickoff the game, the place kicking game. And so you would cut your return coverage guys a bit of slack there. But Delaware's kick coverage has been leaky at times. It hasn't burned them in the form of a kickoff return for touchdown. But I have this weird visit. I have I have this feeling that 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 is the kind of play that can happen in a playoff game that really turns everything on its head. I guess you don't need to look any further than Montana for that one. Right.
0: Yeah, please don't remind me. I know you're talking about this recent Montana, but I still have flashbacks. Yep. And yeah. uh, the exact way that game was unfolding, uh, Montana and SEMO, uh, or uh, er, yeah, SEMO, yep. uh, was the way that it unfolded against us in 09. Mark Mariani returned a touchdown
1: and the... I got a text about that in a group chat. I'm in an FCS group chat. You'll never believe me, but there was a comparison made to that game too. So I'm sorry. I should have, I should have been conscious of that. I, how could I do this at the end of our, end of my segment? Uh,
0: you'll never have. I me know. This is, what are you doing <laughs> to me, Dan? I know. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I appreciate the nod of uh, Cardi being kind of an X factor uh, because I wasn't, a, I'm, I'm not afraid of this Delaware team. Like someone asked me why, why the fear all of a sudden, I just don't know how it'll shake out because Cardi does scheme well. And he knows how to scheme this Jackrabbit defense. Cause save for, Well, actually, it is quite a different defense, but the makeup, generally speaking, is the same in terms of schemes and stuff. But I I just can't wait. That's the biggest matchup to me is seeing Coach Rogers versus Cardi. I mean, these guys, they live, eat, sleep and breathe football. So it'll be really fascinating. And and all, all fans of football, not only just FCS, they're in for a treat, I think, as far as that's concerned.
1: They are. And it's because I think Coach Cardi, he's the head coach, but he really does, like you said, eat, sleep, breathe. He, he eats, sleeps, breathes offense, you know, and you yeah. coach Rogers at South Dakota State the same way with defense. And so yep. it's a strength on strength in that regard. You said it, you said it best.
0: Yes, sir. Score predictions. What do you got? The spread is 14 and a half for yeah. the Jacks right now in favor. I,
1: I I'd see even more than 14 and a half in, in some places. I I know, hmm. I don't want to spoil. I, you can check here at sports.com. I got plug real quickly Sam Herder has his second round predictions out and and uh, I guess I, I'll let, I'll let I'll let fans go check check the site to see his prediction, but for my prediction I will take South Dakota State. I'll take South Dakota State uh, by 17. Uh, I I just think that's if Delaware keeps under 20. I mean, I probably sound like I'm sandbagging, you know, from a local beat coverage perspective. But trust me when I say it isn't that. I, I just think that I've seen this before with Delaware in the sense that they have not performed well against South Dakota State or North Dakota State in recent years. We have a sample size against both schools by now. Ryan Carty, it's his first time against either of the Dakota State schools as a head coach. But I think in Brookings, in these conditions, with Delaware's inability to convert in the red zone, I think that's such a huge part or even in opponent territory in general. Uh, I've kept saying it. Uh, I'd like South Dakota state by 17. However, how that shakes out when it comes to the, the points I had, I, I just like that them by that number. I guess that's a disappointing way to be, to, but hey, whatever what the, how are the math shakes out? That's the, that's, that's the coverage I like.
0: Understood. I think I'm going to go 31, 21. Uh, you never know if, you know what the complexion will be. There's some lucky bounces here and there. You know, if there's a lot of snow, I don't know if it's scheduled for the forecast, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, and then, yeah, you don't, you don't know where we're, we're potentially set to maybe get some guys back that we didn't three weeks layoff. You never know, you know, living up to a spread that's 17 points, right. even being the number one seed. Right. I mean, the committee did think that that the CAA was the strongest conference this year. Uh, their words literally from the chair, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Uh, do you have a player of the game in mind uh, on your side of the ball or, or
1: Jack's as well? On, on Delaware's side of the ball on offense, Jordan Townsend, uh, Tyreek Pitts was, was the biggest name at receiver entering the season, but Townsend, he's really emerged. I think Townsend's the player who's benefited most from the Ryan Carty offense. I mean, this offense, it, it the slot receiver is such a huge part. I think the slot receiver probably runs the greatest variety of routes because I think the yards per attempt for Nolan Henderson, I don't have the numbers uh, in front of me, which is unfortunately, I need, to, I need to get I need to get sports information on this, get me this yards per attempt, because right? Nolan Henderson's yards per attempt has to be more than double his his previous career high. I mean, this is a team that likes those deeper shots. I expect early in the game, they'll take a 20, 25-yard shot down the field, but it's what Ryan Carty wants to do. But Jordan Townsend, he does a little bit of that, but he, even more so, he's there's short to intermediate routes that Nolan Henderson's so accurate on. So I like Townsend as a player of the game on offense for Delaware just to watch, and then on defense for Delaware, uh, Johnny Buchanan, I, I'd be remiss not to shout him out, really uh, a, a spirit, a, a heart of that defense. He said he tied a school record for tackles in a single game at Navy. So when Buchanan is on that, Delaware defense is on.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to go with Jaden Yonke uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you never know if he's going to get off because of the run game or vice versa. The run game gets off because of him or his brother. Um, the low hanging fruit, I would say, is either Kraft or Isaiah. So that was uh, my take. Um, And I think on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with um, Isaiah Stalberg. You know, he's been a a good stalwart there for the Jacks (laughs) while we're trying to wait for, um, you know, Bach to potentially return, uh, which would be another X factor for the Jacks. But Dan, I know you got to run, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for shedding light on this year's uh, iteration of the Blue Hens. You provided a ton of great knowledge and feedback uh, for us on what to expect on Saturday. So um, appreciate you, man. And until next time, go big, go blue, go jacks.
1: We hope you enjoyed this
0: podcast. We would also like to thank our title sponsors, Drake's Place of Bottle and Cottonwood Coffee and Bistro of Brookings. We would also like to thank our other sponsors, Dakota Iron Equipment of Sioux Falls, Shenanigans Sports Bar and Grill in Sioux Falls, and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. And
1: as always, Go Jacks!